Well, welcome everyone to the next episode of our podcast series known as Key Family Matters, where we focus on various wealth issues and opportunities uh, with advice tailored to today's events. So my name is uh, Gary Post, and I lead the family wealth business here at KeyBank. And the topic that we picked for today's podcast is strategies for maximizing investment yield. And we're fortunate to uh, have joining me in the virtual studio today to, to discuss the topic, two of our investment experts. Uh, Dan Moore and Jenny Tindall. Uh, welcome, Dan and Jenny. Uh, by way of introduction, Dan leads our uh, Midwest region for investments. He has over 20 years of industry experience. Uh, Dan's also a graduate of Columbia University, and he's also an attorney. Uh, Jenny leads our investments in the West region out of our Seattle office. Uh, she has over 25 years of experience in the industry. And she spent more than a decade with Russell Investments, where, among other things, she was responsible for the analysis of developed and emerging market international portfolios. Uh, before we dive into today's topic, uh, I want to mention as a backdrop that Key Family Wealth is one of the largest and oldest family offices in the country. We serve uh, about 250 families, and we manage over $13 billion in assets on their behalf. So uh, with that, let's talk about yield, uh, including why it's important, uh, the challenge in today's environment, and uh, most importantly, the strategies that smart families are employing to maximize yield. So I'm going to get the conversation started uh, in terms of why it's important and why you should care about yield. I'll give you a couple of things to think about. Uh, first, uh, yield is a substantial component of total investment return and price appreciation uh, makes up the other component of return. Between the two, price appreciation and yield, yield is uh, the most stable, the more stable component of return. And uh, when you're able to uh, rely on yield for your cash flow needs, uh, it oftentimes minimizes the chance that you might find yourself in a position uh, where you need to sell an asset in a declining environment. And so it's a topic that uh, many people, many of our clients uh, are very interested in and always looking for uh, our thoughts and expertise uh, on how they can improve cash flow and yield on their investments. So uh, with that, uh, let's uh, bring in Dan and Jenny. And Dan, I'm going to start with you. Maybe you can just talk a little bit about uh, today's environment and in particular where we're at with the Fed and its impact on yield. Sure. Hi, Gary. Um, Hi. Yeah, very timely conversation. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the easiest way to think about the present environment is that it looks a lot like the uh, the fixed income, the yield environment following the global financial crisis. And it, it does, so. It, it, you know, we've got here in a much shorter amount of time than we did last time. So as we all know, I think by now, the Federal Reserve has, has, has increased their balance sheet from $4 trillion to $7 trillion in just a couple of months, cut rates to zero on an emergency basis. Uh, and has provided uh, backstop facilities for virtually every other, every sub-sector of fixed income market other than the high-yield municipal bond market. So the effect of that has been to push yields on everything from deposits to treasuries, uh, even to parts of the corporate bond market, uh, to as low as they were even uh, and even lower uh, in, uh, in pre-COVID days. So our expectation would be that we may be in this environment for the five to seven years that we were 
uh, following the global financial crisis. And uh, if anything, our conviction is higher this time than that we will have such an environment for many years. Got it. So, um, so the Fed sets policy to drive growth uh, to get us out of the uh, the economic challenges that we face uh, today. But as part of that policy, uh, it uh, has the unintended consequences of driving yields low, uh, and you don't see that changing uh, anytime soon. Is that essentially it, Dan? That's right. They want to keep the cost of borrowing money as low as possible, whether it's for individuals, corporations, or the United States government. Okay. All right. So uh, with that, Jenny, let's bring you into the conversation and uh, give us uh, your thoughts around some of the more traditional sources of yields and any strategies uh, that clients might want to be thinking about. Sure. Thanks, Gary. And um, nice summary, Dan. And, you know, as Dan mentioned, the interest rates are really low, and um, it presents a challenging environment for our clients, particularly um, with municipal bonds, which is one of the main sources for several of our client portfolios for generating income, and it's tax-efficient income. So um, as, as Dan alluded to, we had uh, the Fed given authorization to create a um, municipal liquidity facility, which put a safety net under the municipal bond market and stabilized prices and borrowing costs when we saw that, that severe downturn. And because of that, we've had to kind of stretch a little further for yield in client portfolios outside of the standard municipal bond. Uh, first of all, we want to talk about a little bit about cash. Cash right now in, in money markets is providing very little yield. It's much less than even a year ago, ago when it was above one to one and a half percent. Right now, um, the yields are so low that we're looking at uh, potentially moving clients to where we can into municipal money market accounts, which gets a little bit more yield over the standard um, suite vehicle in, the, in their portfolios. In addition, if we can stretch a little farther than that for cash, we want to put some of that cash into short-term municipal bond funds, which, again, provide a bit more yield, but it introduces a little bit of principal, principal volatility, um, but, but that's pretty limited. For the standard bond, municipal bond portfolio that generates so much of that income, we have in place in most client portfolios these bond ladders that consist of individual bonds over several maturities. Um, and those are right now functioning well as they're intended to do. But for new cash, that's where we get presented with a little bit more difficulty. We want to you know, go into some of those individual bonds, but in order to get a little bit more yield, what we're doing is we're actually investing into bond funds, and those bond funds have within their portfolio some um, uh, bonds that they had there previously that are higher coupon bonds that eventually will roll out, but for the time being, it provides a bit more yield. So we're, we're utilizing some of those bond funds. But for clients that can take on a little bit more risk, and we can put smaller allocations into lower-rated issuers as well. And so in order to do that, we want to stay in our very high-conviction active managers that, that provide that selective higher yield, um, whether it be through a vehicle like a high-yield municipal bond fund, or we also have the, um, a, the ability to go into an opportunistic mandate that looks at investment-grade and high-yield municipal bonds in more of a LP structure. For clients who want to stay a little bit shorter on the duration, we have a short-duration high-yield fund that um, is evenly split between investment-grade and non-investment-grade bonds, and it offers about a 3% yield at this point with pretty low volatility. So 
you know, the search for yield continues, and it is it has gotten more difficult. Uh, but there are other options outside of the yield um, in municipal bond space as well, and we ha have yield like corporate bonds, equities, credit, yeah. credit, and um, you know, th there are other ways to access yields for a client. But in the in the tax um, exempt bond space, we, it's limited, but we do have options. Got it, got it. Jenny, when you say um, high conviction uh, active managers, can you uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about uh, what you mean? So these are our recommended investment managers that our research team conducts a full due diligence on to assess not only how the portfolio is going to react in specific environments, but also to understand the risk that each one of the managers takes relative to that performance that we're expecting to get. Uh, for example, you know, with regard to fixed income, which is what we're talking about, managers are making decisions on uh, sector selection, which is that investment grade and high yield area we talked about, as well as yield uh, curve positioning and duration, which is interest rate sensitivity. So the decisions um, that lead to whether a manager will outperform uh, their respective index are those, and our high conviction managers are selected for their expertise in those areas. Got it. Makes sense. So. Uh, opportunities with both cash and munis, uh, but you got to be careful, uh, especially in this environment, and very selective uh, in terms of where you make those investments. That's hey, Dan, exactly uh, right. just got it. Yeah. So, Dan, um, maybe you can bring us home here in the next couple of minutes and talk a little bit more about uh, some other sources of yield, including you know, touch on corporate bonds, uh, a little bit about equities. And even outside of equities, uh, some uh, investment vehicles where you might be able to get some yield. Sure. I, th I think if you <clears throat> are willing to take a, a couple of steps out on the risk curve away from deposits and treasuries and even municipal bonds, that um, as long as you're mindful of the, of, the, of the sectors of the economy that are most affected by COVID and shutdowns and potential changes in travel and hospitality, um, things like that, that there are really nice yields to be found uh, in places like corporate bonds and, and private credit and real estate. So just to think about corporate bonds, there's a big range of, uh, of potential investable uh, options. So you've got on you know, the far left-hand, least risky side of the, of the spectrum, you might, you might have an Amazon. If you were to lend money to Amazon, unfortunately, because Amazon is such a strong business and such a popular investment, you're probably only going to get paid 40 basis points. So not a lot uh, above your uh, deposits and treasuries. Um, on the other hand, you might be tempted to chase yield if you really, really uh, rely on that income or you're really sensitive to or really uh, some, some investors just like income. You might be uh, tempted to chase the higher yields in, let's say, the energy space. But, of course, that space is under tremendous pressure, and the re reason why you're being offered such high yields is because those shares are under such pressure. So whether it's in the equity or the, corp or, or the bond side, um, those are the elements and the issues you have to think through. And it's our job as, a, as, a, as an advisor and as a due diligence shop to uh, look through all those elements and find the sweet spot in each of those options so that maybe you're going to go out two or three years and you're going to lend money to a Walmart or a Target or a JP Morgan or a Citigroup, and you're going to uh, you know, come up with a portfolio where the risks are, are well managed and your yield is between two and three percent, then you're pretty comfortable with that. Uh, on okay, the, on but the what about uh, Dan? What about uh, real estate and private credit? 
Yeah, so they're, they're similar, similar thinking and actually uh, much larger opportunities potentially. Um, on the private credit side, really it's the same sort of thing as a bond, it's a loan, but it's done through, typically done through a limited partnership vehicle. So a consideration there is that you may have, uh, your money may be illiquid. Uh, if you're using a private credit fund, you may uh, have to um, give them, the fund manager, your money for either a full five or seven or 10 years, and then you earn the coupon quarterly or there might be uh, uh, more opportunity to get out perhaps on a quarterly or semi-annual basis. But in return for that uh, illiquidity, you can earn um, much higher yields than in the prevailing liquid market. So you could, you could target investments with seven, eight, nine, 10% yields on an annualized basis in the private credit space. Uh, and the real estate is also very interesting depending on how you do it. You could do it in a limited partnership uh, vehicle. So you're, you're directly uh, investing money into uh, actual, uh, actual real estate projects uh, rather than owning, let's say, a company that owns a lot of real estate the way you do in a REIT. Um, and that allows a manager to find very specific opportunities that they may like, even in, uh, in an environment as, as stressed by COVID as, as we find ourselves. So you wouldn't be buying shopping malls, but you might be buying uh, into shares of a, let's say, a Google uh, satellite office that offers a lot of interesting features and looks pretty durable in the present and future environment and is paying five, 6% yield on an annual basis. Uh, on the, on the, so that's the private side. If you look on the, the public side, the real, real estate investment trusts, the REITs that most people are familiar with, you know, again, you wouldn't wanna buy REITs that are owners of lots of shopping malls necessarily, uh, lots of office space. You certainly want someone who's probably diversified, but you might also like to buy uh, uh, companies that own uh, uh, Wi-Fi towers or that own self-storage facilities or that own certain kinds of, uh, you know, um, properties that house uh, tech companies or, or uh, you know, scientific labs related to the development of COVID-19 vaccines. There's, a lot, there's lots of options. As long as you do your due diligence, you can find solid investments that pay two, three, four uh, percent uh, on an annual basis, which a lot of investors are much happier with. Right, right. So, uh, Dan, it sounds like you and Jenny uh, essentially saying the same thing, and that is uh, that uh, although it's a challenging environment when it comes to yield, uh, whether it's cash, munis, corporate bonds, equities, real estate, private credit, uh, or I've even seen some families using intra-family borrowing to drive yield, uh, but there are a, uh, a lot of opportunities uh, but obviously there's risk with those and, um, and you've got to be very choosy and selective. So uh, with that, um, I think we're out of time here, but let me just uh, uh, thank uh, Dan, you and Jenny for joining us today, for sharing your insights and expertise. And uh, I'm going to close this podcast by thanking you, our client, for trusting Key to help you grow your business and for the trust you place in Key Family Wealth allowing us to serve as your personal advisor on all aspects of wealth management. Uh, Dan and Jenny and uh, the rest of the team know that you've got many choices when it comes to banking and wealth management, and they wake up every day thinking about how to better serve you uh, and better serve your family. And if you have any questions about uh, some of the strategies that Jenny and Dan share today, I would just encourage you to reach out uh, to one of your key family wealth advisors. So. With that, we'll conclude the podcast, and I want to wish you and your families a happy and safe summer. Thank you, everyone.